Welcome and thank you very much for joining the next installment of our Future Mobility series. This time we will talk about the connected car. Indeed, how legal teams will handle regulatory processes that make all the difference on whether their companies will succeed in this new area. The connected car is really at the core of future mobility developments. Highly automated driving or autonomous driving, urban tech, sustainability, you name it. All these developments have at their core the connected car. And consumers simply do not longer want to compromise when it comes to clean, efficient and performing vehicles. For the automotive industry, investing in the development of the connected car technology is at the core of their strategy. But of course, with innovation comes a combination of new legal requirements, which need to be carefully considered. OEMs need legal teams equipped with trend, foresight and the tools to seamlessly implement niche legal processes. In that way, they can help the business be faster and more agile to achieve their goals. I am Nicholas Kredel and I will be guiding you through this session. I am an antitrust and competition partner based in Baker McKenzie's Düsseldorf office. And I also chair Baker McKenzie's Global Future Mobility Group. Today, I am delighted to be joined by my colleagues. First up is Andrea Mazzetti from our Rome office, who has an outstanding track record of advising clients on issues pertaining to information technology and electronic communications, with particular reference to the regulatory aspects of new technologies and the drafting and negotiation of sector-specific agreements. Andrea also regularly co-authors prestigious publications on the topic, the most recent one being in collaboration with the Digital Agenda Observatory Deck of the University Politecnico di Milano, entitled Digital Italy, How to Avoid Year Zero. Next up is Lothar Determann. Lothar advises on data privacy law, compliance, information technology, commercialization, interactive entertainment, media, copyrights, open source licensing, electronic commerce, technology transactions, sourcing and international distribution at Baker McKenzie in San Francisco and in Palo Alto. He is a member of the firm's International and Commercial Practice Group and the healthcare and technology, media and telecoms industry groups. Sirania Rivatana is based in Bangkok and is a partner in the Intellectual Property and Technology Practice Group. She regularly works on matters including IP, commercialization, technology transactions and data privacy. Her expertise in IP law has also been demonstrated through her regular speaking engagements and a variety of published articles. Now that the introductions are complete, let's dive into the heart of the subject. First of all, I would like to address the reason why connected car businesses are particularly in need of targeted bespoke legal advice. First, because connected cars are a new products designed to revolutionize the automotive industry. 
COVID-19 pandemic has propelled a new normal of safe distancing to the fore, generating a domino effect in all areas of transportation. So governments across the world are backing zero emission driverless car projects and changing the world of transportation of individuals and fast moving goods as we know it. For instance, the city of Dubai will launch its first fleet of robot taxis this year and with an expected 4,000 on the roads until 2030. So because of this, the legal processes involved also call for new thinking. Connected car companies do not just deal with car parts manufacturers. They also have to strike partnerships with technology and communications companies, amongst others, to achieve the most agile on-trend product. In turn, this means developing a sophisticated understanding of new combinations of interlinked legal requirements. So in a nutshell, it makes sense for companies to ensure that they lead the connected car revolution equipped with all the knowledge they need to navigate an exciting but complex new legal context. Andrea, in your view, what are the main regulatory challenges that operators typically face when it comes to building a connected car environment? Thank you, Nicholas. Well, uh, a key consideration for connected car companies when selling integrated services is that not all of these services may be sold under their own brand. So this, of course, may impact on their proposition. Uh, in particular, this applies to those services that also qualify as electronic communication services, such as the uh, access to Wi-Fi hotspots. This is because electronic communication services are heavily regulated throughout the EU. Uh, typically, a general authorization is needed in order for the provider to be able to offer them to the public. Accordingly, if a car manufacturer wishes to offer both unregulated services, such as infotainment services or remote flashing, uh, etc., and regulated electronic communication services, such as, uh, like we said, Wi-Fi hotspot, they would have either uh, qualify as an electronic communication services provider, which may not be ideal for a company coming from a completely different world, as uh, it would also attract a number of uh, regulatory consequences, or enter into an agreement with a licensed telecoms operator, which in turn would offer the Wi-Fi hotspot service to the end customer. Now, also this solution is uh, not ideal because uh, then the customer would have to enter into two agreements one with the car manufacturer and another one with the licensed operator. Then, of course, going much deeper, uh, there may also be uh, other regulatory issues, for instance, related to the extraterritorial use of numbers. These services need a SIM card to function, and the SIM card will be embedded in the manufacturing phase. SIM cards need numbers that in turn need to work seamlessly regardless of where the car will be sold or will be located. This may raise some issues and that's why a regulatory analysis before launching these services in a given country, in a given jurisdiction, will be needed to be sure that the proposed solution will work uh, under a regulatory perspective in each country. Thank you, Andrea. So, following on Andrea Lothar, how would you describe the impact of regulatory challenges on the way that connected car services are designed and implemented? In the connected car space, 
my sense is that the regulatory challenges impact the how more than the if or who. The regulatory challenges, as Andrea mentioned, include product safety regulations, car-specific regulations, telecommunication laws, environmental laws, sustainability, and a lot of different data-related regulations, including privacy, data security, cybersecurity, computer interference, and a host of other laws that can be very specific here in the U.S. We have rules on black boxes and who can access them. These laws determine how a new connected service has to be implemented, but not necessarily who is doing it. And they don't seem to pose a lot of insurmountable obstacles regarding the if, can this service even be made? So who can then offer these services? Well, there are the car manufacturers, also called original equipment manufacturers or OEMs. And then there are their suppliers that have a contract with the car manufacturers and they'll be in the car from day one. And then there are a host of other technology and service providers that in the automotive space, we often call aftermarket if they don't contract with the manufacturers, but they may be selling this, that people have the equipment actually before they buy the car, let's say a smartphone. And in the connected car space, all these services will relate to each other. They will have to connect to each other. And they could be pursued in open or closed systems. A closed system would be one where the car manufacturer controls the interfaces, controls the access, has contracts with the suppliers and makes sure that everything works well together, there are no safety issues, or they could be offered on a standalone basis separately. That means less control for the car manufacturer. It means more choice for the consumer. Also responsibility to determine what is really compatible. Is a particular provider trustworthy and is the particular component or add-on service safe? My sense is the regulatory regimes currently allow both options. And I published an article with Bruce Parents, one of the fathers of the open source movement in the software space on open cars that looks at the pros and cons of going with a completely open or completely closed system and what hybrids in the middle are possible. But I think that is one of the key points that advisors to the connected car space have to focus on and see how the business model will work in this very different industry. For the OEMs, it means they have to get competence in the information technology sector, in the connectivity area. And it means for tech companies, they have to understand the auto industry, the different liability regime, the regulatory requirements that are on them and cannot say we're just making a platform or we're just making a staple item of commerce that can be used for many different people. They have purposes. They have to think through how this will ultimately fit into the connected car. Thank you very much, Lothar, um, for this perspective from the US. So it seems to me a world of regulations have to be observed from a US perspective. I do wonder how this looks like from Asia Pacific. So moving on to Bangkok. Sirania, as the automotive and technology segments converge, what are the potential legal issues that from your perspective, car manufacturers and technology companies 
should take into consideration when they use technologies for connected car services. Thank you, Nicholas. So the key technologies which are developed for a connected car, ranging from like automated um, automotive technologies, including automatic um, parking, um, braking systems, TCU, or as we know as telematic control unit, sensors to um, digital cameras. So we have observed that technologies that innovated for um, connected vehicle have increasingly been software more than hardware cells. So the key for this issue is that um, companies, either you are the car makers or technology companies need to protect and well manage uh, your intellectual properties portfolio. Software in most countries is protected as copyrighted. In Thailand as well, software falls within the definition of the literary work, which is one of the copyrightable work protected under the Thai Copyright Act. Software patentability remains uncertain in various jurisdictions, so like car manufacturers, like automakers, and technology suppliers would need to um, take their intellectual property. And so it is crucial that the companies would well strategize their intellectual property protection and also management before they expand the market into any jurisdictions or regions. We have also seen that many automakers and especially big techs use more open source software. Some even make their innovations and technologies available on open source basis. Open source software would be generally beneficial to the public. However, it is also important that users of open source would need to um, review and ensure that they comply with all those contractual obligations and restrictions under each specific license terms. Um, because like breach of the license term would, could lead to like, potential disputes with the licensors who are the IP owners. For some valuable information, companies may opt to rely on trade secrets in order to protect their innovation instead of register their innovation in the form of patent. So when you choose trade secrets, it becomes crucial when the companies enter into the business cooperation with other by joint venture or business cooperation arrangement, they may be forced or are required under the arrangement to disclose um, certain crucial technology or valuable information. Well-draft contractual terms are needed to ensure that the arrangement does not put the companies in an unfavorable position. There are various ways for car makers to obtain technologies, either by developing the technology in-house or like jointly develop them with other third parties or just licensing from the licensors who are the technologies owners. So where there are other parties involved in the development or licensing or technology, it is important that a bespoke um, contract would need to be dropped in order to form a cooperative relationships among the parties, while it also facilitate development, sharing and protection of the IP of each party as well. The last point is um, about the data ownership. 
Data ownership is another critical issue, especially for data that is generated from connected car. Companies would like to, of course, like process this data, not just to provide services to their customers, but also for other purposes, such as for the marketing purpose, or maybe for data analytics, in order to improve or create new services or products. So parties to joint ventures or business cooperation arrangements should consider like an express and advanced agreement and clearly specify who would own the data or who would have the right to use data for what particular purposes that would help mitigate a potential legal issue in the future between the parties. This also implicates other issues about the personal data protection or the privacy issue when customer data is involved. So again, clear and well-draft agreements um, in terms of the rights and obligations of the parties need to be in place. So the parties should specify which party can use personal data and also like for both parties to comply with the privacy laws and cooperate with like, each other when um, there are any disputes arised um, out of the use of the personal data. Thank you very much, Sirania. I think this somehow rounded the picture quite well. If we are thinking about the connected car, we always have to think about the regulatory issues that Andrea focused on and the IP and data ownership issues that you just mentioned, Sirania. If we bring this full circle uh, to a close, that shows somehow that depending on the various regions on the globe, depending on the jurisdictions where we operate or where companies also operate, the focus in these various areas of law might diverge and the focus areas might be completely different. So the legal teams must have a comprehensive view on the various issues and also be pretty close to the business in order to understand the business implications in the various markets. Going forward, where do you think the connected car service offering will be if you look a little bit into the future? How will it play a significant role in the further evolution of the automotive market? Andrea, what are your thoughts on this? Well, in my opinion, the connected car offering is set to fundamentally shift the consumer's perspective of cars from a vehicle that simply takes you from A to B, from a point to another, to a technological environment and an aggregator of services. Indeed, when you think of it, it's very similar to what happened in the telephone industry. So, for instance, phone booths are now something that you could almost find in a museum. And uh, also uh, home phone lines, uh, the use of home phone lines is decreasing very fast. Now the telephone today is a fully integrated mobile communication tool, uh, which provides a multimedia connection to the world through chats, uh, music streaming, uh, video services, etc. Connected cars, in my opinion, are the next level of consumer convenience. So when transportation needs integrated communications, there are huge opportunities and possibilities that we're only now starting to discover. For instance, in terms of, of an increased 
safety for the driver, for instance, because the car would automatically place calls to emergency services in case of a car accident when the driver is, is left unconscious, or just only in terms of comfort. With all the various services that a connected car can offer, by becoming an extension of your phone or also your smartphone system. So thank you, Andrea. I think it's a little bit like a mobile device. What about you, Lothar? Yes, connectivity will have a huge impact on and has already a huge impact on the automotive market. If the buyers value the cars more for their information technology capabilities than for engine and looks, then the car makers need to develop, strengthen these new areas that compete with IT companies and with companies in other spaces. Now, the tech companies at the same time have to develop industry knowledge in the automotive sector and decide whether they can and want to cooperate closely with one or more automakers or offer independent aftermarket solutions. That's a huge challenge also for the tech companies, which in many cases have a different approach to product development, release something early, fix bugs later. Obviously, that is posing huge risks in the automotive space where a computer on wheels can do a lot more damage than a computer on a desk. The competition for data and access will continue. The car manufacturers can open or throttle access and decide how much they want to cooperate with their party. They won't be able to completely close it up and I don't see them completely opening it up, but I do believe we will see competing models with more openness, with more closeness and be a huge impact on the competitive space in the automotive sector. Amplified, of course, on top of everything else with now the mandate to have more or only electric vehicles, which further puts pressure to change on the incumbent market leaders and offers new opportunities for competition in battery and other technologies. Thank you, Lothar. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's probably also an interesting discussion that will take place in the realm of competition laws compared between the US and the EU approaches. Turning to Asia, Surania, what are your thoughts? I totally agree with both. Just to add one last point here is that with its grass potential, we have observed that governments around the world are promoting the development of the connected car and in their countries. So the common objectives of these governments would be to offer safe and better commute to the citizens and improve traffic conditions, safe energy, among other benefits. Thank you very much, Sirania, and thank you very much as well, Andrea and Lothar, for being part of the panel and for this really insightful session. We do encourage our viewers and listeners to check out the other episodes, so it's in our series of future mobility conversations. Uh, so you'll find out more about other hot topics in the industry. In the meantime, our virtual door is always open please feel free to reach out if you have any questions or would like to have more insights and advice. Thank you so much.